Welcome back to The Cypher, a series of conversations with creators from the Black diaspora who are leaning into their roots to create new spaces for all of us. I'm your host, Christabel Nsiabwadi. On today's show, we have Dolly Henry MBE. She is a respected dance performer, a creative choreographer and a forward thinking instructor. You may know jazz, but as Dolly says, few seem to be aware of its African roots and she has worked to change that perception globally. She spent more than 40 years doing that. Her work has graced the West End and she's worked on everything from theatre plays to concerts, TV shows and films. Her energy to produce and create has never dulled. She's still an active voice for representation in the UK education sector, as well as an avid supporter of Black diaspora art forms. She's the founder of the Bop Jazz Theatre Company and she continues to strive for excellence and the representation of jazz as Dolly Henry MBE. I am so honoured to have her on the cypher today. Stay tuned. Dolly Henry MBE, how are you? I'm thrilled to have you on the cipher. I am delighted to be on the cipher with you this I can I say morning, evening, because we're at different time zones, but I'm just delighted to be here with you. Exactly. You're speaking <laughs> to me, you're speaking to me from London and I am in Los Angeles. There we go. I know. So um I said at the top of the show that you are the founder of the Bop jazz theatre company what does bop mean you mean mean like it's a bop well you could use it it has many nuances to it but actually what it stands for is body of people body (laughs) of people that is Uh that says so much to me i'm gonna stay there for a bit body of people Mm -hmm. you are a creator who is wants people to understand the root the african roots of jazz and your company's called Body of People. Tell me more about that. Well, I'll tell you more about that. In my creative mind, I've never, ever seen the company as just me. I think when most people start their companies, it is about them. And I, of course, it's about me because I'm putting my creative spin on it. And it's my vehicle to find my and develop and find my creative vocabulary as a a creative artist but also when I thought of the company and people were saying well why don't you name it after yourself and I actually thought nah that first of all is a bit too much pressure actually it's not about me it's about a group of people and I spent quite a while trying to work out well what is it a core of a core of people a body and then body of people it it just sums up jazz it sums up what I want to do about the art form is bring it to the people it's about people being part of the company and it's about me being that inclusive and diverse that I'm trying to bring everybody into this what I call the family of jazz really so it's a body of people and that's really where yeah it, it's well thought out it's not it, it didn't just drop in it was why am I why am I calling the company that what does it mean so I've always understood what the meaning of the company means so that the ethos and the philosophy behind it stays that way as well. And it has done for 25 years because I think I've opened, yeah, I think I've opened my doors to so many dancers and musicians and singers that 
that's the body of people. Now, that sounds like it's also the ethos of how you just operate in life and, and in your art as well. Is that something I want to get, once you've answered this question, I certainly want to reel back and talk about jazz in the UK. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I, I, you know, like I, like most other kids, danced in school. But I, I, yeah. I realised in, in doing all of this, I know so little about the jazz dance movement in the UK. So there's lots that I want to ask you here. But in terms oh, of... Oh, there's lots, lots I can tell you about Oh, I don't, I don't <laughs> doubt it. I don't doubt it. So, you know, your ethos is very inclusive. Body of people, I think, really speaks to all of that. So mm-hmm. rewinding all the way, um, the story goes as far as I know that at age four, you chose jazz you you discovered jazz and you danced is that correct well I'll tell you how it started at the age of four I was always an active child if I remember right and I know my spirit was always active my parents always said oh my god what we're going to do with her (laughs) you know because I had energy (laughs) I had a lot of energy and apparently I would stand in front of the tv at two years of old and any music that came onto the tv or any music on the radio or any music my father would play which he played a lot of music in our house, I would be up and I would be moving. Mm. I also suffered from, and this is, <laughs> it's a health thing, I suffered from pneumonia as a baby. So combining those two things, I think my parents thought, well, she's active enough to do something. Let's channel that energy somewhere. And dance was it, dance was it. And by the time I was four, I'd started dancing and Actually, it wasn't jazz at all. If I think back to how it was when I was a child, jazz wasn't seen in England in that way. And it kind of isn't quite seen that way today. Um, But I was going to be a ballerina. My first step into dance was as, as a classical dancer. So from the age of four all the way up to 16, I was doing ballet. And in my dream of dream of dreams, I wanted to be the first black British ballerina. Hmm. And, you know, if you go back to the 60s, there were no black people around. My idols were American. I had, you know, when I opened the picture book of what dance was, it was very white to me. There was very, very rarely that you saw anyone black, particularly from England. So all my um, all my eyes were viewing at the American side of how everything was. You know, who, who, who were the black artists over there? Who were the black ballerinas over there? Which there were, even in the 60s. Yeah. But we didn't have that. Yeah, we yeah. did not have that in the UK. So really, but I'm I'm saying that because I'm, I'm not dissing my ballet because actually, even though I was told you'll never be a ballerina because we do not have black ballerinas in the UK, Dolly. Okay, fine. What it gave me was an understanding of my physical body. It gave me an understanding of who I was, how I could dance. I could still look like a ballerina. I could still stand and, you know, have the poise and all of that. But also I found a technique. You know, my body was allowed to touch a technique regardless of it being standard ballet at a Royal Ballet level because I was taught by Royal Ballet uh, teachers at the time. But it it allowed me to understand technique for dance. And actually, from that point, from 13 onwards, when jazz arrived in my dancing school because we found a teacher that was going to teach it, bang, I was off. Wow. I'd found my thing. You know, it was no longer ballet. Ballet could take me there, but actually this was something that was like, wow, jazz, jazz. What was that feeling? Describe that feeling, because I see you doing jazz, jazz, like it's it's kinetic energy. It's something that you understand, that you know it's you. And I think with any art form, 
you're, you gravitate to where you vibrate. I can, that's the only way I can describe it. And even as a young person, I could vibrate to things. So music for me was like an essence. Mm. And I immediately, I heard, you know, as I say, jazz music was played all through my life. My father was an avid jazz man. You know, he loved his soccer and he loved his reggae because he was from <laughs> Grenada, but jazz was his thing. And he, you know, we had everybody from Louis Armstrong up, Duke Ellington. So I knew all that music as a child. So by the time I'd got to learning jazz, what we called modern at the time, because it wasn't called jazz, it was called modern. When you think of it from the syllabus point of view in England, so, but the teacher that we had, she, she was white, but she kind of got it. She had a vibe about her. And even at 13, I knew, oh, this is, yeah. And then she saw something in me and then she gravitated to me. So I found somebody, the first person that actually saw me and said to me, wow, you can dance, Dolly. Because I was free with the jazz. I right. felt free with What's the jazz. What is jazz dance? For those of us who, who don't know the technique, and you don't have to get too technical with it, but what no, does it I'm look like? No, I'm not to get technical. In the simplest of simplest of forms, when I think of all the forms of dance, you've got ballet. You understand the pedagogy of that. You know the, you know the innovators of that. You have contemporary dance. You have the innovators. You have the uh, contextualised technique of that. Jazz is of a people. Mm. When you take it from a people, it becomes something else. And that's where it becomes kind of unexplainable because it's from a people. And it's from, a pe when I say from a people, it's from African people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. when you think of the migration of that and how that has developed to be an art form through its music, through its uh, um, communication, through its spiritual connection, then it's a completely different art form. And I don't think today we are taught from the spiritual sense of the art form because it is so spiritual, you know, yeah. because it, it, it is connected to that. That is a, a spiritual way of looking at it. Now we have to come back and look at the pedagogy of it. So I responded when you said it's of the people and it's spiritual because... I, I love music and I love dance. I've, I was that kid also. At age three or four, I was bouncing on my knees dancing as well. So I very much understand that dancing is a spiritual thing. It's, you don't think about it. Your body just does what it does, right? When you talk about the mechanics of it or the teaching of it, I, in my mind, I think of the Alvin Ailey Dance Company, but that's more ballet and contemporary, correct? Steve, now, okay, I'm going to try and get, to get technical. Stay with you. I'll, no, I'll stay with your question, but this is a beautiful thing, what you're saying, because I often talk about this. What we have an eye for is the Al Alvin Ailey aesthetic, yes, which is divine. Oh no gosh. one can take that away from Alvin Ailey. And obviously everyone's pinnacle of being a black artist is going that way. To a point, it's going to the Alvin Ailey look. But actually, Alvin Ailey, yes, he's a contemporary dancer. Yes, he's a classical dancer, but he's also a jazz dancer because okay. the beauty of jazz is it involves all of these art forms because it is the most contemporary of all art forms. So it's about the individual and that individual being able to tell a narrative with it because what we've got into now is a situation where we have jazz as a word. Mm -hmm. Say jazz, but we say it as a word. But actually, do we actually know? And that's going back to your question. How do we break that down? How do we teach that? 
we go back to the history. We go back to the beginning. We teach the context. We teach the lineage. We talk about the innovators. We talk about the minstrelsy, the vaudeville, and how all those things came up. And then we can talk about the black and white, how the appropriation started, and do, 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 do. But if we are not teaching the history of the art form, uh-huh. then the people that are learning it, the people that are teaching it, the people that are saying it, and not saying what it is. Yes. It's become so commercialized today that we've lost the pedagogy. The pedagogy is the spirit of knowing where the art form comes from. And actually, the art form is by the individual. How old were you when you were told that you could not dance ballet? 13. Because I was, I had passed all the exams and mm-hmm. everything. I was up, 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 up. I was like, there, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I could do it, you know, to be told why. I knew why. Anything <sighs> else I knew at that time, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't be in this group because, you can't do that show because, because what? And no one would ever say the word. But, but you knew. I'm not. Of course I know. You smell it. You smell it. You yeah. don't even have to. And no one, you don't, you, as we all know as black people, you see all of that without anyone before it's hit. Before it's hit, you're aware of it. And I was a very astute young kid. I asked that because... The broader question was going to be, what impact does that have when you are told you cannot express yourself freely as somebody who does that through the body? What do you see? And the reason why I say generally is because you were told that, but then you found jazz and you expressed yourself differently. But why, why is dance so important, I guess, in this expression to the self? You know what? I think it scares people. When somebody is free, that's, you're not controllable when you're that free. I look at it from that point of view. And for somebody, and that's been said to me a lot, no, no, no. And actually, every time that has been said to me, even from a younger than 13, when no's have been said to me at school in the dance group, no, you can't be in the... I've always looked at it. I've been angry, disappointed and thought, why? And know the answer to the reason why that's happened. But in many ways, every no was a yes to me. Huh? And I, every no was a yes to me. Go ahead, do it, Dolly. It was you saying, just do it anyway. Because I'm saying I'm kind of that, I don't know, maybe my spirit is like that. And, you know, I believe that I'm not just me. There are many other things going on around me that come and they help me to be the person that I am or the human being that I am or to think how I am. But I'm here to grasp all of that and put that together. I knew that I could do what I was doing and nobody was going to tell me that I couldn't. And if they told me no, I'd go away and fix it. If I wasn't good enough, I'd go away and fix it because this is what I've chosen to do. It's also what's chosen me. So it was a difficult, it's kind of difficult to separate yourself from something that has been given to you. My job was to make sure that I worked it, understood that people were going to stop you, Dolly. That bad? Yeah, I do. How, what impact do you have, do you think that has on an individual and on a society globally when we're, when we, we have a gift, we have the thing and we separate ourselves from that because the world tells us you cannot do that. Nope, that's not what you do. And and as you're saying that, I kind of like my heart is actually beating a little bit uh, harder. And also I'm emotional because it's an emotional question because it's a huge, huge undertaking. That's why I'm asking, yes. Yeah, it's a huge, huge undertaking because 
you know, for, for centuries, we're not even talking about days or weeks or decades, we're talking about centuries Correct. of oppression, of oppression, of being told you're not good enough, you shouldn't be there, we own you, we're going to not let you get through, you're too good, get out the way with all of these things, all of these things. And I think, you know, we live in a world today that actually you'd think in the 21st century and we're in 2023, this kind of thinking would have dissipated. And, and for me, on many levels, it's got worse. And I, for me as a creative artist, the only way I can challenge that, really challenge that and challenge myself to, act, to deal with it, it's not accept it, it's mm. just deal with that, is to put that into my creativity and actually... And this is really difficult to say because not everybody is as maybe like me forceful or has the people around them to, to support that. It's something that you truly have to believe in yourself, first and foremost. If you believe that you can take it on and take on everything that goes with it, you'll get through. I have seen so many young people just stop, especially I call them my sisters and my brothers. My my my. I look at my younger generation of black dancers and I go, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Come on now. Mm-hmm. But they're so frightened and beaten down that it's kind of hard to... And I'm going, wow, I'm waving from the side, going, get on the boat, come on, get on the... And they're even frightened sometimes to do that because they've lost hope. So I always try to tell everybody, you have it. You just have to dig deep for it and just allow yourself to believe. Don't let other people tell you that you cannot. Mm. No means you can. That's somebody else's perception of you. Don't let it be your perception of you. Mm. You said um, earlier that as you were coming up, you know, you were looking to the US as we often do in the UK, right? We're like, oh, the US has it figured out in this particular Mm -mm. realm. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, You saw the face. I was just like, not really. Um, (laughs) But, you know, in terms of like how things are presented, right? You know, Alvin, Ailey or, or things in the media seem to feel a little more glossy or just a little more put together or there seems to be a level of bravery um, or, uh, or uh, a desire to just do it and put it out there. And they've done it. So we go, oh, they can do it. So maybe we can do it different, right? So when you were coming up, you know, the, there weren't that, there weren't any black, da- black ballet dancers, you were saying. So how, when <clears throat> was the first time you broke that barrier? Well, as in as, as a perfor- as, as in a my performer career. in your career, as yes. a performer in my, I suppose I broke that barrier. I guess when I was at performing arts college, really, because I started to choreograph. Then I happened to be the only black student for three years at a performing arts college in London, and hmm. um, for three years I kind of ran the place the way I wanted to run it. Because okay, you don't get me, and I don't get you, but hey. I'm paying for this, so you better give me what I want. So I kind of use this space to learn how to find my creativeness and used to choreograph. So I knew that there's something was going on there. My first job out of, you know, where I knew I was breaking barriers, If I'll skip a few things because I did some work in Paris. I worked for a, a, a choreographer over there who saw me at college and said, I've got to have her. She's our next Josephine Baker. So I was breaking the mould there. Then I come back and I work with Dougie Squires, who was the second generation. He was um, a big known choreographer at the time. Why he had the first multiracial dance company that was on TV. And I, at 16, he picked me up at 16 and said, I want you to come and work with me. So I became one of two 
black girls that had worked for the Dougie Squires uh, TV shows and theatre shows and things like that. And so it went on and so it went on. And then I started to get TV work and I happened to be like in big, like with big uh, celebrity stars, they'd have their shows and I would be on that. And that was the first to see like a black dancer on stage with uh, uh, Benny, yeah, Benny Hill of all people, Leo Sayer show with, you know, Arlene Phillips choreographed that. So there there were many things that I was going, okay, I'm ticking off, I'm ticking off, I'm ticking off. And I was getting through, but it would be token. I would be the token. Mm. Were you conscious? And that was the hard thing. You know, it was only Dougie that kind of had one, and he had an Oriental, and he had me, and he had another one in mixed race. So that's the diversity I'm talking about. You're listening to The Cypher with me, Christabel Nsiabwadi. Today, I'm speaking with Dolly Henry, the founder of the Bop Jazz Theatre Company and a jazz performer, choreographer and creative. She's been doing it for over 40 years. To listen to more episodes and to find out more about The Cypher and how we create supporters in the real world and to sign up for our newsletter, visit our website. It is thecypherpod.com. Stay tuned. Did you feel like you had to, were you were you conscious even back then? Was it enough for you to just be on the screen at that time? Were you like, okay, I'm breaking barriers by doing that? Or did you feel you had to be more conscious in terms of shifting attitudes back then? You, I'll be totally honest with you. I just got on with it. I got on with it, not in a subservient way. I am here, here. And okay, what's next? Okay, I need to do that now. And I need to do that. It wasn't that I was a hustler. What I was is I was very, my eyes were open, really, really open to seeing what was possible, where I could place myself that would be different. So even when it came to musical theatres, when I started getting into musical theatres in the West End, again, it was like, we need one black singer-dancer. Okay, I'm going up for that. So I'd make decisions which ones I would be going up for. I found agents that... You know, they were great when I was working, but they always wanted to control and then they wanted to put me in a little box. And I would say, well, actually, I'm a singer, I'm a dancer, I'm an actress. You know, I create, there is no box for me. You have to create the box for me. So I was very much about those pushing boundaries. Don't box me in, don't make me the same as everybody else. And I think that that has followed me through. You go from being in the in the industry, right? And you, at some point, what was what was the moment where you said, nah, I'm going to be more conscious about this. I'm going to make a difference. Was it when you created BOP or did it happen before then? I think it really, really happened when BOP, when BOP in 1996, when, because prior to that, I was uh, uh, associate directors and uh, assistant directors of other dance companies. And I kind of learned off of these other dance companies, how you run a company. I knew the commercial side. I knew about how to make things commercially viable, but I hadn't worked out how I was going to make things artistically viable. And actually what I decided to do was bring my knowledge from the commercial side and my artistic side and put them together. And that was, I think, what others... I would say other dance companies of my ilk of coming up with something new hadn't really thought about from a jazz point of view because we either get the commercial side but no art. 
Mm. And I was going, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to take all that knowledge of lighting, of staging, of production values, of da-da-da, which I got from the commercial side, musical theatre, TV. You understand all that. You learn all of that. But the artistic side was, okay, what's my vocabulary? And I had a vocabulary, but this bop allowed me to go, okay, now I'm consciously, it's me. I'm not actually working for somebody else now. This is me. Right. What does Bop do? Tell us now, like, what does Bop Bop focus on? Bop, right now we're rehearsing. Well, actually, we've got two things going on. We've got, uh, we do artist development programs for dancers, young dancers or pros that are working in the industry. They might be out of a job or they might be in a show but want to come back and learn artistic jazz i.e. from a theatrical point of view with all the narrative and all the understanding of the musicality and the oral expression the context and the lineage where things come from and so we're doing that program at the moment it's a six-week program and we're halfway through and that's free to dancers and obviously we select the dancers they uh, send in to us they're all their details we have a check them out and we go okay you look all right come in and we give it for free. We don't charge anybody, and it's fantastic. And they get a chance to work with me and Paul, my my husband, and also my co-director of Bop, and uh, and the Bop dancers. So they learn in the moment how we create, what a piece of repertoire is, why we've done it. So we just break everything down for them, and it's great for my dancers because we have a big show coming up in June uh, at the Place Theatre and uh, the Place in London. And it's uh, put together this year for the first time. It will be the first, first time in the UK that there'll be a jazz convention. And we are putting that jazz convention on. It's called Jazz Arts Rewired and it's at the place. And we have two days going on. One, it's participation and practice. And the other uh, part of it, programme two, is a performance. You said when you started, there were no black ballet dancers. You were the first. Oh, you're the you're first da- da- dancer, one of the first dancers, certainly in the public um, sphere. At that, at that era. Yeah, at that, that area. In yeah. that era, yeah. Are we, I mean, I see them on the TV all the time. They're there, they're there. You know what it is? It's not that we're not being seen. We are definitely being seen. But it's what I call senior management level and the higher and who are the people making the decisions. And that is what I'm talking about. We are allowed to be there and be the entertainers but we're not allowed to lead Mm. that for me is the problem i you know and the thing is you know at the end of the day if you're an artist and you're a black artist that's what you do you're either you know we do what we do brilliantly and that's the thing that nobody can take away and everyone wants a piece of that and everyone wants a taste of that and everyone wants to copy that and everyone wants to look like that you we can name any name oh yeah and everybody wants to be that person. But for me, what I'm looking to do is who am I? How many people are in, in that management level? You're talking about, it's not a glass ceiling, you're talking about the power, the decision makers, like you said. They're the massive decision makers, the grey coats. The... Yeah, how many are there? Any other than you? How many are there? Yeah, are no, there? there are. There are, and I'm not saying that there isn't, but there's not enough of us that are allowed to be at the top of that space to give Another picture to it all. What role do you think you have played in terms of changing that and, and bringing that stuff forward? You talked about you, you're busy, you're doing all those things, but from you know the start where there were few of you to now, 
to now where there are lots of um, lots of dancers, but there are a few more people who are coming up the ranks, so to speak. What role do you think you have played in doing that? Oh, gosh, I don't think about it. What I do is what I do. Now, either people are attracted to that and follow that or get on board what I call my train or my track. And as I say, there are people in front of me that have laid the path, laid, laid, laid for hundreds of years. I am following through from them and I've left my track open for people to follow through. What I would love to see is more my people, my black people, my black and brown people or any people, actually, but particularly not to be so afraid to get on the track and run with me. Oh, my goodness. Okay, now. Um, you know, you you make that connection, but well, you look at um, Jazzy's roots in Africa, right? How do people understand that more these days, or are people actively like, nah, I'm not, we're not trying to do that? It's not now. Nah, I don't want to do that. It's because they've never been introduced to it, particularly in England. I'm talking. I'm talking about the Brit side. It's funny when I go to Europe and I do masterclasses, workshops, seminars, residences. What I find in Europe is there is an understanding to folk, folk of your art, the folk dance. Here we don't have, you know, if you think of Spain, you have flamenco, you have gypsy, you have, da, da, you have this, you have the Georgians. Yeah, they all have a beautiful folk dance. Okay, let's come back to England. Our folk dance is Morris dance. <laughs> and I am trying not to laugh because it's the truth. I was and trying I not to laugh, but it's real though. <laughs> no, but I have to say it because we have to really look at our history and understand our culture. If the culture is, and it only takes and it only appropriates, then we haven't got anything. We, we, we don't really have anything. So then you are asked to find yourself. And actually jazz is the one place where you can be you. Because if you think about ballet, I love it. I adore it. I see it. It's beautiful when it's done correctly. <laughs> but it's a certain way that you have to look. Mm. You're not free. You're bound up with your feet. Literally bound up with your Li- feet. Hey, let's just that's another that's another story. You're bound with your feet. You know, contemporary is is the antithesis of ballet. So it wants to get against ballet. That is what it is. What I said, it goes back to its cultural roots, mm. its community, its spirit. It's about you know, feeling the music. There's no separation between the music and the dance. It's a life thing. You, when you pop out, that's it. You're in the music, you're in the dance. You know what I mean? We dance for death. They dance for for, for sunrise. We dance for the growth. When you talk about it from that perspective and then you bring it to the modern day, if we go to slavery, the juba dance, all of those things about pattern and all of those things that are now extended all the way through to hip hop, there's the legacy, there's the freedom, there's the soul, and nobody knows that. Well, that's why you're there to that's, do... To... That's, that's what might, what's not being taught, right. really. But you're teaching it. You are absolutely... Mm-hmm. Te- mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Now, you have, <laughs> we have... We have to talk about this. You have an MBE at oh, the end uh, of your name. Right. <laughs> Member of I the know. British Empire. I know. What got, is that? Yeah, in, in 20... <laughs> she says, what is that? You got in 2022 
I did you last year. You did. Um, yeah, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. You know, with all the work that you're doing, and I feel like um, that the relationship that we that black folk often have with the UK and Empire is often complicated. Um, mm, it is. Was was that an easy decision for you to accept it? Nope, not at all. Not at all. It was. I received well. I, it wasn't me. My husband it brought it in. He said, "Oh, I think this is for you. It might be something from the tax because we saw, <laughs> you know, Her Majesty's thing on it." And I looked at it and I was like, "Oh!" Uh, and I popped. I threw it. I just threw it across the room and said, "Oh, I'll look at it later." And she went forward. She looks odd. Opened it. Read it. He said, "Oh, okay, doll. You're you've been awarded an MBA." I went swore a little, <laughs> and then that don't be silly, don't be silly, and then kind of blocked it. Literally, my whole spirit just went, <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do. I was in a turmoil because not, first of all, because I wasn't expecting it at, not at all. I don't even think of accolades or anything like that because I'm not driven. I'm not pushed by those things. Think titles and things don't mean anything to me at all. Um, so it was a little difficult for me, but what, it, it took me about a month to sit down with myself and ask myself, what does this actually mean? And I took two sides to it. All the stuff that I understood, and I looked at the whole black empire, British, you know, the connotation of what the word means. What does that actually mean? You know what it means, Dolly. How do you feel about that at the end of your name? What I then went and I then sat with myself and I said, okay, somebody has nominated me for that or peoples have nominated me for this. Somebody has recognized that I've been doing 40 odd years as a creative artist, educator, blah, 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 blah. And I've given this to my work and my industry and to dancers and to whatever globally. And then I thought, well, actually, doll, why aren't you accepting it for that? The people nominated me, gave it to me. Yeah. And they see me and I have to acknowledge them. But then that allowed me to acknowledge, okay, doll, you're getting this because you did something that was good. That is You gave something. You've given something, so you're now getting something back. It's acknowledgement for the years that you've done, for the time that you've put in, for the gifts that you've given to people. Mm, okay. So I've kind of pushed one idea of the empire to the side and looking at the gift that was given to me by other people. And that's how I dealt with it. In truth, that's really how I dealt with it. I can't do anything about the empire. I can't change what has been history. I can't change it. And one person can't change that either. You know, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to not acknowledge myself because I'm British at the end of the day. Dolly Henry, MBE. Thank you so much. I feel like that's a great way to end this conversation for now. I hope we get to speak again sometime in the future. This was incredible. Dolly Henry, founder of The Bop, Body of People Jazz Theatre Company and choreographer and performer and creative for over 40 years. Thank you so much for joining me on The Cypher. I have been blessed. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful whatever is going on for the next few days and more with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. 
Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Dolly Henry. She is the founder of the Bop Jazz Theatre Company and she's a choreographer, performer, and she's been in the business for over 40 years. You can listen to The Cypher wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Find out how to follow Dolly Henry at our website. It is thecypherpod.com. And when you go to the website, you can also sign up for our newsletter. When you do that, you will get our podcast direct to your inbox. And you'll also find out how you can get behind the scenes looks and access to some exclusive content from each of our guests where they share their pro tips. Remember, our website is thecypherpod.com. I also want to shout out my production team because I cannot do this alone. I want to thank Cerise Small, Larissa Witcher, Ty Hughes, and Eugene Kidd. And I'm your host, Christabel Nsiabwadi. Thank you so much for joining us. The Cypher is a Myelens Media production. <laughs>